So, um, out of that list, I, I want to highlight, um, I really want to talk about Candace Parker, but I'm going to talk about Maya Moore. Because when Maya Moore, uh, I was watching her in college, um, it was the big sky digs and Maya Moore, like, rivalry is really like UConn versus where, where Maya, I mean, where Sky play for Notre Dame. Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Notre Dame. So, me being in high school, I was like, people only fucking with Sky because she looks like, she's she pretty and she looks like this and they not fucking with Maya, but Maya go hard. So that stuck with me for a really long time. Um, I think they're both phenomenal players, even growing up into an adult. <laughs> I, um, see the greatness in both of them just Maya Moore is just so dope um both on and off the court um always appreciated her game I just felt like her her the way that she moved on the court was just like she a beast um and just love that she you know what she's been doing um on the social justice side of everything Uh, we have these conversations in clubhouse all the time about what the NBA can do instead of focusing on what the NBA is doing I mean the WNBA is doing um and, you know, instead of folk, instead of having all these people come with their excuses about what the NBA can and cannot do, uh, the w, WNBA has really stretched um, whatever barriers or boundaries that they have to work within. Um, and I think it's just phenomenal. They lead by example in almost every way. Um, we talk a lot about how we can support them, how we can shift the focus um, so that they can be seen as the great players and and really social justice like activists that they are. But uh, yeah, I just I appreciate Maya. I I've always loved her since high school, and I'm just yeah. This is me just fanning out as a as a teenager too. <laughs> I just want to add to that Maya Moore. Um, you know, she was the first woman to sign the Jordan brand. That is a huge deal. First that's women's basketball. First women's basketball player. Take. Yeah, women's basketball. That was first exactly women's basketball what I was sorry. excited about. Yeah, first women's basketball. Sorry, excuse me. First women's basketball player to sign a Jordan brand, which is huge um, in terms of visibility and representation. Just inspiring young women. You know that they can reach that high level of success, and just seeing just seeing that as a young black girl or black boy, you know that means a lot. To piggyback on what Christina said, um, I really enjoyed, like, not only when she became, like, the first woman basketball player to sign to Jordan Athletes, but she did a collab shoot with Alele May for her release of her Jordan. I just thought it was such a dope, like, these women who are, like, so underrepresented in sneaker culture, because, you know, that's, like, my kind of lens for it. Um, I loved seeing, like, these two different kind of, like, worlds meet on this common ground that is like sneaker culture and sport culture. And I just was like, wow, this is such a great full circle moment because we don't get, you know, that representation in that space. And I was like, who's a better person to even like kind of trailblaze that path? And I was like, Maya's the perfect person. Like she's the best first for that. And then having like a Lily who's like one of the, you know, maybe two or three women that have designed their own Jordans and have their own Jordans. It's her. Like, this is such a dope moment. It's, it's her, Vashti, Vashti, and Vashti, 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 okay. Vashti. Yep. But also her oh. deal also opened the way for more WNBA players to be signed. Jordan Brand announced five new players this year. And so in total now it's eight because 
key in nursing Asia Durr also signed in. We know that women's sports only receive 1% of all sponsorship dollars. So I think especially for a league like the WNBA, that's huge for Jordan Brand to, you know, get behind the women's basketball players and have eight. And I think that's the most, not the most that any brand has, but like what they're about to do in terms of marketing with these athletes are going to be amazing. So I played against Maya for, for three years. Um, and the work she's doing is not surprising. You know, like she is one of the most gracious people that I've ever met. Super humble. You know, it was shocking because obviously she's such a great basketball player, but as a person, um, her stepping away from the game, it made sense because I felt like she always had a bigger picture um, outside of basketball. And I think that's what made her really, really unique on top of her, you know, um, skill set, you know, her, her ridiculous skill set. Um, she always approached the game the right way. She was an ultimate competitor, uh, but also just won with grace and would lose with grace, um, didn't lose very often. And I think that's even more telling to the type of person that she is because you don't lose very much. And when you lose and you can lose with grace, like that's, that's extremely, extremely impressive. Um, and she's just always been one of my, I mean, I, we played the same position. So when we played them, um, I had to guard her. So that's neither here nor there right now, but, um, you know, really, really appreciate just the person that she is and just wanted to on here, give her her flowers. Hey, uh, Adria, quick question. Up to 10, who you got? Up to 10? Between me and her? Yeah. In my, in my prime or right now? In your prime. Oh, I'm about to say right now, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, feel like I, gotta, I feel like I have to pick me. I like that. Yeah, that's what we like to hear. <laughs> okay, now tell tell us about um the Paul Women's basketball and um oh, no. <laughs> here you go. Oh, I was about to say, can we pivot? I uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Mari, if we're gonna talk about a good women's basketball program, you know. <laughs> Let's talk about Cynthia Cooper, not LSU. No, because, no. Can we talk about about all, when we get to Cynthia Cooper, can we just talk about (laughs) all of the Houston Comets, like just that era? Yes. Because it's, I mean, so for me, I loved loved all of it. Is it okay if I talk about it now? Please feel free to jump in however y'all like. Okay. Um, That team, absolutely love them. Cheryl Swoops. Um, Cynthia Cooper, Tina Thompson. Tina Thompson was my favorite um, because, like, growing up, like, I had really full lips, and she wore lipstick all the time, and I just thought that was so cool. Like, you know, when you guys were talking about Flojo and Serena, like, that was my person, um, you know, growing up, and I'm like, you can look like that as a basketball player. You know, like, you can wear makeup in a basketball game, you know, and it hadn't really been done before. You know, that was a signature thing. I never did it because I just didn't want to wear lipstick in the game, but I just loved how much she embraced that and embraced her individuality and, you know, her look and her full lipness and just all of those um, 
you know, all of those attributes while still being an elite player um, in the game. And then just the Houston Rockets, I'm sorry, sorry, the Houston Comets were just, you know, I feel like I see um, tweets like trying to, we want to bring them back. And I, I mean, I'm all here for it. They were legends. Um, you know, they, they were the, the culture for real. Dope. No, I, I think growing up, I thought that, I thought, um, I thought Tammy's was her, I was like, Tina, I thought her lips was like, I was like, bruh, is this really like her lips or is she wearing lipstick? Like, I thought that was her, the actual color of her lips for a really long time. And then I was like, oh, okay, wait, this is the thing. This is real cute. <laughs> but I appreciate that too. Like, we needed that. We needed to see somebody in makeup to do it, making it look real cute on the court. Um, oh yeah, also um, Cynthia. Cynthia played with um, Cheryl in college, if I if I'm correct. I'm pretty sure. I, of that. I think that's right. I'm pretty yeah, sure. So at USC, USC's women's basketball team was raw as fuck. They got a documentary. I think it's on HBO Showtime. But yo, their squad was incredible. You know, they had the twins too. So yeah, they they were pretty dope. But yeah, go ahead, Omari. Um, no, I was just gonna say so. I think it was Swoops, Cooper, and it was Tammy, and then it was also Tina on the same team, right? Yep. Yeah, them OG comments. Yeah. So, I mean, we got to talk about Swoops. Uh, does anybody have a Swoops shoe story? Because, of course, I never owned any of them. So I, I have a pair. Sure do. <laughs> I, I, I was getting buckets in a pair. Um, and it, that was – I even missed that. Like, that was so cool to be a basketball player and wear a women's basketball shoes. So, you know, when we're talking about Maya and Jordan brand, sorry, I was just ate chicken wings, but <laughs> my, <laughs> Maya and Jordan brand, um, like I remember how cool it was to have those shoes. Like I remember when I got a pair um, and you just, you could relate. You're like, okay, yep. Now I'm going to the WNBA, you know, who knows, but you're like, oh, now, now's the time. And the impact, I always say this, just like the impact that women's sports has on young women is phenomenal. Um, you know, not just the shoes, but the uh, visibility, you know, how it, we, you know, how much representation matters and then in the fields that you're interested in. And so to have basketball shoes that another elite, Women at woman athlete war was like an honor. Fayola, um, I, uh, do you want to uh, talk about your swoops and whatnot? <laughs> and then Ben, I do see your card. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna let Fayola go, but I just wanted to mention that Shell Swoops had two signature sneakers. She had the one and she had the two of her name. Yeah, I was gonna say she had more than one sneaker silhouette. It was two sneaker silhouettes and. And woman's Jordan, the original first woman's Jordan, was kind of modeled to look very similar to the Cheryl Swoop. And so I thought that was like, like she kind of paved the way for Amaya, if you will, because it was like, we we kind of had, she's like, honestly, like one of the first like major women's Nike athletes with regard to like basketball. So for me, like the shoe is kind of iconic. Um, sneakers are kind of my thing in the space that I occupy outside of basketball. And so for me, like being able to hoop in a woman's shoe from a woman's player meant a lot. Cause I was like, 
okay, all these different male athletes have their shoes for these different things. Got it. That's cool. But like, I, there's got to be like some good hoop shoes that are like a woman. And she just kind of revolutionized that for me. Like it was the first time I got excited about like a pair of sneakers that was not identified by a male art, uh, male athlete. Ben, you want to talk about your card? I, I definitely want to hear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's when you always talk about Tina Thompson. Um, I just want to say thank y'all for having this room. Uh, I pinged a couple people in here because we've had smaller versions of this, but it's just cool to see. And I also want to correct myself. Shell Swoops actually have four signature sneakers. They, I just, everyone remembers the two. That's in uh, Mary Ann's uh, PTR just because they re-retroed it a couple years ago. Yeah, those are the two major silhouettes, but the three and the four are like, um, they're replica silhouettes of another Nike or they're like meant to double yeah. up another Nike. Exactly, exactly. And then it's funny because you mentioned Jordan brand. They actually combined uh, the Cell Shoops 3, which has the things that go up the medial side, with the Jordan 13 to make the first Jordan women's sneaker. Yep, and that's also what Melody Ashani did for her, yes. like her second collab sneaker. I, I was going to throw them in the PTR, but I ain't moving fast enough. They're so cute. Those are so cute. I can. I don't even know where to find Vashi's um, Jordans. I love that violet. Uh, no, it's not. It's a purple. It's like a lavender color. So cute. Um, so we kind of skipped over Candace, but I do want to talk about Candace Parker. Y'all know we all, most of us on this stage, y'all got to reveal yourself if you don't, but we stand Candace Parker. Um, mm-hmm. Following her through high school, well, me being in high school and following her um, at Tennessee, um, she was in Tennessee or was it Texas? It was Tennessee. Not Tennessee. It was Tennessee. Now um, it's two Tennessee, Tennessee volunteers on the Chicago sky. Diamond oh, wow. Shields was also a volunteer. Let's not oh, forget. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, just, I mean, this was at the time when I wasn't, I was playing soccer. My sister was, what, I'm five, six. My sister is like six feet tall. So we were like, my sister wasn't into basketball. I was like, come on, Riley, you got to play. You got to play. So she got into it, and I basically had to coach her in whatever knowledge I had just by watching the sport or being around the sport for most of my life. Um, and uh, one of the the players that she probably knows from the WNBA more than, I mean, outside of like Lisa Leslie, who we also need to talk about, um, is Candace Parker. And just aside from everything, they resemble each other, they look alike, but just being like, Oh, she's dope. Like, come on, Rosa, let's watch her. Like, we used to watch all of her games um, whenever we could, whenever it popped on. So I think that's somebody that we could talk about. Um, she just made – she recently joined Chicago. Um, so, yeah, it's so much going on. She's still active. She's still out here balling. Um, and it's just phenomenal in a lot of different ways. One of the first women I feel like I saw dunk on TV um, when she was, I think, in, like, their dunk contest, I was like, whoa this is everything um so yeah just for all the girls who wear their hair in a part in a in a ponytail like <laughs> um i stand her anybody else want to jump in on candace fantastic the rookie of the year mvp in one season in the w yeah. <laughs> that's right um you know although people try to like tarnish her legacy or what she means to women's basketball you can't deny her her impact on the game um, yeah, she is still active. Uh, she just recently brought some shares into a soccer team. So, you know, already thinking about legacy in that sense of ownership. Um, 
with her move to Chicago, kind of set off a domino effect in free agency in terms of player empowerment and really the women of the W just, you know, knowing their worth in terms of like um, contracts and, and, and she made the move to from LA to Chicago, which was shocking, but not really shocking to those of us who cover the league. And so, yeah. Yeah, man, I watched her at um, Tennessee in person all four years when she was there and just see a, a six foot five. Technically, they, you know, they try to say she was a center, but she was just a, a, a ball player. Like she could play all five positions. She could handle the rod. She could pass it. She could shoot it. She could post you. She could beat you. And yeah, she, she dunked too, man. And um, it was just, I was a big fan of Shamiqua Hoseclaw. And I was like, okay, like Shamiqua, she raw as fuck. And then here come Candace, you were like, well, shit, <laughs> you know, like, who is this? And then you see her playing, man. So, like, yeah, man, it, it, like, I, I'm always been a huge fan of um, Candace. And let the record show, she's way better than her brother. Jesus Christ. People forget, yeah, Anthony, he played in the league, though, but yeah, she's better. Yeah. She's clearly better. Her, her brother and her baby daddy. Hello? Okay. We, I don't even he doesn't even get to come to the exist. conversation. Right. Like, like we I weren't mean. gonna bring <laughs> the Martian head guy up. Right. Anytime I'm, a clowner, I'm a clowner. The landlord. At Jesus at getting some goddamn alimony. He don't get his raggedy ass on his job. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only he's the only UNC player I don't acknowledge. He's Duke, okay, so don't don't slam oh, him. Oh, good, 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 good. Then I don't have to. Then I don't even have to uh, think about it because I'm like, God, I knew he went somewhere in North Carolina, uh, in the on Tobacco Road. Yeah, he's but, a Duke um, player. Yeah, good. That makes more sense now. Um, he on here too. He on Clubhouse. Oh, okay. I hope he here to slander him. Yeah, we ping him. I'm about to say I'm a ping one. Ping one, bring one. You gonna be able to see with his eyes that close together? Oh God. Okay. Um, yeah, so but moving moving forward. Back I did to the just, greatness of Candace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to um, let somebody else come in here and block it. But I definitely Side, um, uh, wait. Last before you go. Last joke. He got the head like the great kazoo. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Not last joke. Yeah, man. Lisa no, Leslie. Lisa Leslie. Um, yeah, we can. But uh, oh, but yeah, Candace. I wanted um. The, the thing I noticed about Candace Parker more, most recently was that um, for the last three years, she has worked constantly. She's always doing something um, for the game, but also like just to make money, it seems. Cause I'm like, damn, how is she on? Well, she, she just, just finished a hooping. Home. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, she, I mean, clearly it's paying off, but like she was hooping, then she was at Summer League, then she was on Turner. But that's when they hoop is the same time. I'm like, how's she doing all of this stuff? Did she just get out the game and go over there and, and you know, uh, get cleaned up, get dressed, and then go to uh, Turner? Like, she's she's yep. on. Yep. So that's, she'd be hustling. She yeah, so she is she still playing overseas or, the, or is, is the no, commentating? She, no, she doesn't have to that's go what I thought. That's what I, that's what I figured. I was I'm like, about to say, God I'm glad, yeah. I was like, she can't be going overseas, especially when she's working on NBA TV and, you know, inside the NBA. Like, I and I like I like her breaking the game down. I listen to her. I don't listen to those other guys. Like I'm like, finally, you got somebody in here who knows. I don't what even know their names. About. 
I'll say this. I'll say this. One thing that she um, really helps is on Tuesdays when she's on with Shaq, Shaq acts right. Because he's a baller on set. Yeah, it's somebody he actually respects. And you know how he is when with people he don't like. He talk crazy. He, when she's around, he don't talk crazy. And it also might help their weight is up there. But, like, specifically, like, you know his tone and everything changes. Like, oh, excuse me, Kirby. We need her around all the time. Um, yeah, yes. Before we get into like the final, I guess, category, because we, we want to talk about, I think the two tennis black uh, tennis players that we have on this list, I think Coco and Naomi might be one more, and then some of our track and field, and then I think we have one swimmer. Um, I, I gotta, I gotta got some NASCAR people too. I got a couple of NASCAR folks. Oh yeah, and that I was gonna go Asia girl. Wilson. Is it too soon to give Asia her flowers? Wait, no. Stop. MVP. Yes. <laughs> I mean, didn't did it you did it absolutely the team not go to the final four all four years? Did she win three of them? Is my math off? Go ahead, Ivory. We'll, we'll, we'll go Ivory, Fayola, and then Ben. Because my person's damn sure is Simone Augustus. Let's be real about all of this. You right? Come on, I mean, Simone Ross, hell no. Let's get I mean, it. Yeah. Now I got to go find a card to PTR. Hold on. Go, wait, oh, Ben, you're a, I see Ben, you're a car collector. That's another conversation for another day. But, yes, Simone, it was one of those things that, because she went to high school in Baton Rouge, so it was always, I'm going to LSU. And to see, like, a legit superstar, like, McDonald's, and she's coming to LSU, then she got drafted person, like, the whole shebang, like, they would be like, yo, and when I say they, the football players, um, would be like, yo, can you leave the gym open so we can go in there? And I'd leave the gym open for them to go in there, and she just walk in and all hell would break loose. Like, wearing they asses out, up and down the court, up the, whatever, just doing whatever. And it was one of those things like a true superstar in the making, and you just knew that that's what she was going to do, and that's how she was going to do it, and you was like, yeah. she And and one of the nicest people, like, and she was just knew that she was born for it, and I'm going to be the number one pick, and I'm going to, and 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 legit, that's that's what she did. Thank you, Ivory. I think we should go around and just give flowers then for this part. Uh, Fayola, please bring up your people and give them their flowers in this moment. Yeah, so I want to highlight NASCAR. Um, it's like my guilty pleasure. Please don't judge me, y'all. I know that is like the whitest. White I was going to say, come nah, on, come on, Phil, you'd be surprised how many Southern black people love NASCAR. Yeah, that's say, and that's yeah. literally how I got into it is that um, Caribbean people migrate to all of like three places when they come to the U.S. Um, New York, Florida, Boston, and Toronto. And I guess Toronto technically, you know, not U.S., but North America. And my cousins in Florida are so big on NASCAR because it's all of like you know, so many things to do in that part of Florida. And so whenever I would go out there for carnival, like, 
any of the days before or days after, we would always try to check out like whatever NASCAR local stuff. And so that's how I got into like NASCAR in this kind of like heavy addiction. And I was like, there's got to be more black people in here. Like I see them in the stands, so I know someone's got to be putting their kids behind the wheel and like thinking that this is an option. And so that's what got me into um, the women in NASCAR. And particularly, I really like Brianna Daniels. She's getting a lot of shine right now. She's a pit crew member, but Tia Northley is the first African-American female NASCAR driver, and she's the daughter of Bobby Northley, and he was amazing. So it's dope to see not just, like, Blackness kind of being multi-generational now in NASCAR, but Black womanhood kind of now taking up a little bit of space in NASCAR, which is a very, like, white Southern sport, which comes with all the white Southern racism, so. Oh, yeah, because you know the foundation is bootlegging, so... That's how they started. They used to um, race in their trucks and their cars exactly. to get away from the police. And the shit turned into a competition. Now it's a fucking institution. Fail, yeah, have you all got it? It's literally embedded in like, white, in so, white southern, southern culture. Southern. Yeah, exactly. Have you been to the um, museum in um, Charlotte? I sure have. It's like <laughs> such an arbitrary reason that I went to like, Charlotte. And I was like, well, I have miles and I'm not doing anything. And this is actually something I'm interested in seeing. So I caught a Hornets game and I ended up seeing the um, the museum and those are like my two random things that I've ever done in Charlotte. Yeah, because it's right there in uptown Charlotte. Yeah, so I used to live in Charlotte. But yeah, man, so yeah, who else? Um, Christina, Kai, Kai, you've been quiet. Kai, yeah. I see your PTR. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, ma'am, too. <laughs> um, so my PTR is of Sydney LaRue. Um, she plays, or she used to play for the US uh, WNT or Women's National Team. Um, and we really need to start talking about the erasure of Black women in this sport because uh, when you think soccer, you're going to think Amy Wambach, uh, Hope Solo, Mia Hamm, maybe um, I Alex think Natasha Morgan. Kai. I was yeah, like, Brandy Natasha Trump Kai was my girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's just so many, um, especially this last World Cup. We had a whole dark-skinned black woman, Crystal Dunn, and no one gave her flowers, even though she was doing the damn thing. She was a defender. Um, but Cindy LaRue, she, I played soccer for a while. I've been watching it even longer than that. Um, but I've played since, what, middle school? So over a decade, maybe a decade and a half. Um, but when I say she was one of us, she is one of us. Like, she was representation at this time for me was everything um and she was actually at PTR because she was really close to Kobe um Kyrie soul and Gianna was actually her mentee um Gigi didn't just play basketball she played soccer as well and that's why she wore number two um if anyone didn't know like Cindy LaRue was her mentor she's Canadian American black woman um who was subjected to a lot of racial abuse that the U.S women's national team swept under the rug. Um, so it's really important that we highlight these stories that promote the Black women who are being ignored and neglected by this team. Um, and we need to stop just giving Megan Rapinoe all the accolades for social justice work that's done with this um, team. Because she's literally, she's not even a woman of color, even though she does the damn thing. And she um, pours so into the WNBA as well, taking away from Black women. Hello, thank you. Exactly, Christina. So I'm glad you brought that up too. Um, but yeah, Cindy LaRoe, Crystal Dunn, just names that we really need to give flowers to in the soccer industry. 
I mean, we don't talk about that enough. Even when the, a lot of these white women speak up on behalf of Black Lives Matter or however, you know, we don't think about, they, they rarely elevate the Black people on their teams. They rarely talk about how much labor <laughs> it is just to be, exist beside them um, and, and rarely beside them, but just exist in the same spaces as them. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up, and Christina. I'm glad that you you uh, commented because it, that's something to talk about. And then just talk about Sydney; she's dope. I you know, I remember the U.S. Women's National Team early 2000s when they won. They had a black goal goalie, um, black goalie. I forgot what her name was, but she was dope. I remember thinking like, oh, if I'm gonna be a goalie, I'm gonna be her. Um, so yeah, uh, Natasha Kai was my favorite. I don't even think she's black. She might be Hawaiian, but that was one I was like, oh, I'm getting tattoos and play soccer. Um, so <laughs> just all of these black women that do exist in the sport outside of the U.S. women's uh, national team, just uh, international. Um, I think that's important to highlight. Thank you, Kai. Um, if anyone wants to go next, I think I, I'm going to, um, I'm going to have to dip out. Y'all know I'm dealing with some things on my end, but I do want people to continue the conversation um so if anybody wants to bring any women black women black female athlete to the table please do i'm gonna bring nikki mccray to the table <laughs> um nikki mccray and don staley together together but i'm gonna talk about nikki first so like i said um i spent my sundays wba used to be played on sundays i spent my sunday after church um, we would take the metro to um, Gallery Place, where whatever it's called now, not the Bright, wherever the Mystics play. I don't no, know it's the Gallery Place. Yes, Ver Verizon Center. It's changed so much. So, like, I went when it was MCI Center, and it's just always an MCI Center. So, whatever they changed it to, I know it was maybe it's Capital One Arena. Is that right? I don't know. Um, the one, yeah, it's Capital One Gallery Place. Okay, okay. Um, but we would take every Sunday when they had a home game, game we'd get on, get on the Metro, go to Gallery Place, walk to the game, you know. And Nikki McCray was by far one of my favorite players. I mean, she was just super talented, um, crazy mid-range game, got to the rim, just a ridiculous wing player, right? And so when I was being recruited, recruited by a bunch of schools and the one person I got a phone call one day and it was like hey you know this is uh coach Nikki McCray at Western Kentucky and I said wait a minute wait a minute and I said the Nikki McCray and she chuckled and was like yes I was like wait 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 the one that played for the Mystics and she said yes and like I had her jersey I had two jerseys hanging up it was one from Columbus Quest I don't know if anybody knows Columbus Quest, the Columbus Quest, like one of I the, do, do, yeah, um, one of the, I don't know what, what was the league bit? The ABO. Yeah. Um, so Columbus Quest, and then it was Nikki's uh, signed jersey from the Mystics. And Nikki McCray just is, I'm always going to give her her flowers. I think she was a phenomenal player. She's a phenomenal coach. She's now the head coach at Mississippi State, doing her thing. Um, got to coach against her. She was in our league for two years at ODU. Um, 
So she's just someone that I just want to give her props to, um, a trailblazer in women's basketball. And yeah. PTR for that rare Nikki McCray clear card. That's the one. That's it. And you said Don. You said you want to say something about Don too, and right? Don and Don is just—I mean, Don is the goat. Not Don. I mean, to be as talented as a player of a player as she was, and be the coach that she is speaks volumes. You know, because it takes a lot of humility to be a good basketball coach. You know, because the players that you're coaching are not always the caliber that as you were as a player. And so for her to have the success and the relatability and just all of the accolades that she has outside of, you know, obviously she was a tremendous player, um, played with so much passion, so much fire, um, played like she loved the game. Just now as a coach, her giving back, to the game means so 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 much because of her impact as a player and then her providing those same spaces for um, other young black women is powerful so she gets her flowers too does Don Staley have a Gucci deal because I'm pretty sure it was she Don, Stanley, Don Staley is just I mean she's just legit like I think that's just the bottom line that's that South, that's that Philly South, I don't know about that. Y'all. Yeah, I was about to say, that's that Philly, y'all. Y'all that, don't that, know that how, how, y'all know how we get down like that. Yo, it's 2018. I'm in Chicago for Nike Nationals, which is the girls' version of Peach Jam, right? So the guys, they have Peach Jam on the youth side, but the girls, they have Nike Nationals in Chicago. It's always the same week. And obviously, that's where, like, the coaches, the head coaches, they go back when outside was a thing, and that's where they pick up the, uh, that's what they do. They recruiting, and I walk past Dawn Sally, and I promise you, her, even her frames was Gucci. She had Gucci down to the socks. Like I wanted to pick up her pants leg and be like, "Oh yeah, those socks and Gucci team on and those things." She's so fly, yo. Ben, I'm sure we've crossed paths before. Nah, I'm so low key. You'll never know I'm in the room. I'm, the, the, I'm looking at all the cards, and I'm thinking, "There's I probably West, have, I've had West. to like." Look, Wes, I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. Nah, I'm just a WNBA supporter. And funny enough, I got the full set of everything from 2000. Uh, I'm sorry, not 2000, from 1998. So the set that I was just showing, I have the year before, and I got the full set up until now, including the Prism stuff. So I'm a fan. I just like helping, you know? Telling, it's good stories to tell. That's dope. Yeah. The, appreciate um, that, bro. Appreciate yeah, you being that, on the stage. Yeah, that 98. Um, the 98-99, that's when they first got in the, the autographics from WNBA players. And then Fleer did that, um, I think they did that Mystique run, too. And then, um, they, and then they went out of business and caused a headache for everybody else that came after. They did. For real. Did. Yo, I hate Rittenhouse. I, I, I know that there's, like, fans. I just hate Rittenhouse Company well, as card printer. We can't go down this path. We ain't got time for this, Ben. We will do it. I still, I'm promising the card room. Um soon so yeah stay tuned um yeah i see my guys peter and no, Blake, uh, up here. shout out to them they got all the stories on the women i've learned so much just from them too being in rooms with them 
learning about women athletes. So whenever they get a chance, I would love to hear what they, who they're going to bring to this table. But I'm going to mute myself now because I talked a lot. Yeah, so uh, go ahead, Peter. Go ahead, Peter. Oh, no, thank you all for uh, inviting me up. I had uh, Ben had triggered me in or pinged me in. I'm sorry, I'm out with all my kids and stuff. He just got done shopping. But Ben had pinged me in, and y'all were talking about Serena. And I don't know if I, what, what I missed before that. But, yes, Serena is the greatest athlete of all time today. But back before Serena, we had Althea Gibson, y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we had old Althea, and old Althea was, you know, a woman of her time herself, you know, defying the odds of being the first African-American period to win Wimbledon in the French Open. Yes, she was. Yeah, uh -huh, yep, yep. Let's say her name, Althea Gibson, right? So after she was done doing that, then she used to go and perform on late night TV shows like the Ed Sullivan show, right? So she was a professional singer, too. I heard somebody say that our women are more than just the athlete. They're more than just the professional. They're a whole bunch of host of things, which my daughter in the back will be, too, because she's going to be, be inspired by these same women because we're going to keep on telling their stories, these Althea's and these Serena's. So when Althea was done singing, she picked the tennis racket back up, represented the country, the United States. I told her she couldn't play before then, right? They used to cut off her lights at the park, you know, just because she was trying to practice. But then they said, can you represent us at the Pan Am? She said, yeah, sure. She won the Pan Am, won 11 Grand Slams. Then she went on to be the first African-American woman to compete in the PGA Tour. So I just wanted to make sure uh, whenever we, we, we highlight the now, we highlight the then with old Althea Gibson and Alice Coachman and May Fags and uh, Wilma Rudolph and all the great Olympians and women who uh, who paved the way in the 40s and 50s and long before that as well, too, all the ancestors. And we, we really appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for having to share the space. We're trying to bring this same energy and vibe to the uh, sport, to the trading card market, which is, uh, man, it's just uh, full of minorities in that space. And uh, there's not a lot of value for people that look like us and feel like us, um, unless it's making somebody else some money. So... We're here to just add the value through the stories and through the inspirations so that hopefully, like I said, my daughter and the kids that I work with in my school, I'm hopefully inspired by you all and others. I don't know what picture I have up now, but I don't know whether it's Althea or I had a picture of James Harden. It's uh, James Harden called up. Oh, no, it's Althea. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because I also had a picture of James Harden um, wearing his, uh, when he won the MVP trophy, um, there's a card that uh, has that, 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 that image or that moment. And the young lady, Keisha, who styled him, was in a room with us last night just advocating for women in that space as well, too. And it's just dope to think you don't have to be the athlete necessarily to be a part of the moment or the story. Here we have another black African-American woman who, who designed that suit or styled that suit, and it's on a, a sports car. So just every any kind of art and value that can be added, man, we hear everybody can add value. So thank you all for letting me uh, say that long-winded introduction. Oh, no, good, bro. Also, also, right quick, since he brought up Alice Coachman and those, we got. Um, I also wanted to bring up Ora Washington, who was like a professional tennis player and basketball player in the early twenties and thirties. Um, she's also in there as well. Hey, Wes, however, he's speaking y'all language with that. That's look. I was about to say, Wes, just wait till um, we get in the tangent. I'm gonna blow Peter's little mind, ain't I? Yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ivan, you got some knowledge. I heard you talking about some litigations and some stuff around the hobby. I know all the hobby frauds. You know, I don't know all of it, but I've read. I, I like to be a hobby historian first. I like to know where we were and what they used us for, so I know where we're going. You know what I'm saying? And what they haven't done yet. So yeah, uh, Blake, Blake, and Ben have been advocates in this space for uh, for people of color, for minorities, for any shape, form, or fashion, specifically in the sports car market, because. Uh, it's been dominated. It's just systematically been dominated by the same people for a while. So we added flavor, culture, and a difference and a empathy to that space now. So everyone's welcome aboard. Wes, whatever movement you got going, let us know how we can support it, man. 
Oh yeah, y'all don't know I agree. I appreciate it. Yeah, we definitely uh we gonna chop it up. I just followed y'all and we'll uh we'll uh reconvene at a later time because yeah, this is this is definitely what we need to be talking about. Um, yeah, man. Um, I think we got to start wrapping this up. Um, is is there any? I know Shauna, you just came on the stage. Did you want to speak right quick? Uh, sure. Thanks, Peter, for recognizing Althea. I wanted to play tennis growing up, and she was my one of my idols. Did you all know Serena was on Clubhouse last weekend? Yeah, no clue. Yeah, uh, she was. She and her husband had a room. It went by quick because I think she's trying to get ready for the Australian. I don't know she's playing in it right now. Yeah, she's she playing. <laughs> right. Um, but the person I was going to recognize, I was lucky enough to, like two Sundays ago, to be in a room and I looked at the woman's bio and Andrea Boulder, she won a, I, I think she's won multiple, but I know she won a gold medal in the 4x4 at the Sydney Olympics. And I ran track in high school, and that 400 is, I always have the utmost respect, but to run it in the Olympics and win the gold medal, if any one of you has run track, that is the, uh, that is the grown person's race. And I'm just in awe of 400-meter sprinters. And I, I, I followed her, and she was kind enough to follow me back. I pinged her in, but maybe she's shy. No. Yeah. Thanks for giving uh, her those flowers. The four, <laughs> the four, the four hundred is the baby sister to the hardest race on the track. Let's be real honest about this play. We're not talking that? about the sixteen hundred. It's the sixteen hundred. Uh, no, no. Oh, what? The eight. Let's get real. The two oh, lap. The two I laps? The, All I know, all I know is if I'm running that long, they shoot. <laughs> You know what was? But that 800, Ivory, that, now that 400 is almost a complete sprint. With that 800. That's a complete sprint. Two times. Well, yeah, sprint. the level, depending the, on the level. Yes. You're right. No. Um, Adrian, can, before we get out of here, can you check your IG for me? I sent you something. Yes. Hey, could I, could I uh, say something real quick about the card that's on my screen? Go for it. Sure. Go for it, Blake. Go ahead. All right, cool, cool. So, so the girl that is on my screen, her name's Angela Hill, and uh, she's the first black, uh, black. I don't like saying black, but African American to headline the UFC event. And this literally just happened um, the last or uh, December of 2020. So, thanks for uh, making this space too, Victor and and uh, Wes. Oh yeah, man. That's awesome. Um, Blake is an advocate, y'all. Just to speak on his behalf, Blake is an advocate. Even when I'm not there, Blake identifies as a white male, and he starts rooms on Clubhouse 
uh, that challenges white men to, to to face their facts. So I appreciate Blake for being in this uh, for being in this space, and he'll he'll start the rooms on his own and advocate for us or create a space where we're able to advocate for ourselves. We're not even there. So thank you, Blake. Yeah, no, I, real, I love it. I was, shit, I, was, I was trying to figure out. I was trying to figure out uh, how fast the turnaround on them, on them cards is. If that happened in December, then damn. <laughs> like, they print them out asapsually. Now, we got to double check. Is that a sticker on there? Because there's a sticker on there. Yeah, a sticker. <laughs> a sticker that, that, that's true. It's it's a sticker, sticker autograph. Don't don't. Nah, you can see the whiteout. You can see the whiteout, the little gradient going from the bottom to the top. It looked it look like it's on card. Yeah, it's on card. I just I literally just picked it up and looked at it. But yeah, it's on card. Well, it's that top, looks so, like a top chrome. Yeah, it's top. So they might, um, they might just have people um, there during the matches. I'm about to say, it's a, yeah, it's an after. It got to be a lemon. Yeah, I seen Panini have the have the machine to print out stuff after um the 2019 WNBA Finals when it was like. Yeah, um, it's not really. A, mm, never mind. No, nah, yeah, Panini is. I, I know. Holding, Ivory, we gonna get along, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go. Yeah, let's um, let's go ahead. Let's, let's go ahead and wrap this up. We've been on here. Oh, oh, we got uh, Regina. Wait, wait, wait. We got Regina. Go now, okay, go ahead. My bad. My bad. Go ahead. Oh, hey, thanks. Um, I yeah, I just wanted. To, I think it was Kai who brought her up, but um, I really just wanted to like really shout out Crystal Dunn. Um, you know, she was on my favorite uh, uh soccer teams in North Carolina. Courage. She obviously just transferred. Um, but you know, I think like I tweeted about her earlier, and it kind of blew up. Um, like she, like what, like what she does on the field is just absolutely insane, uh, for her club. She plays as a forward, as a striker. Um, uh, but for her country, for the United States, she actually plays as a left back, which is a defender. And so one, she's right footed. So it's like shooting with your left hand for basketball when you're right handed. But, um, it's also just like playing center, basically to come again to compare it to basketball it's like playing center as a point guard and so it like what she does is just absolutely phenomenal she's my favorite soccer player she's the best player on the united states women's soccer team which is obviously the best best soccer team in the world uh men or women in my opinion um but i think that you know she obviously doesn't get appreciated enough i think she is now uh, more at least this year. I know she just had like a, a pretty big cover um, or article come out, uh, but she really is like one of my favorites, one of my favorite soccer players ever. And just her versatility, like she isn't just like kind of a fill in because of the because the United States doesn't have uh, a lot of defense, a lot of depth there. She is like one of the best defenders on the field, stopping one of, some of the best uh, strikers in the world. And she is like excelling at this. And I just, I love her so much. I, I'm really, I also, I want to say, um, again, I, I apologize. I don't know who brought this up, but I really wanted to uh, uh, shout out whoever brought out, brought up uh, the maternal mortality rates uh, with regards to Serena. Um, you know, like, like the whole story of like the doctors, like she knew something was wrong with her body and the doctors, like even like they weren't listening to her, a professional athlete, someone who knows like how high her, like what her heart rate is, you know, at any given time. And they weren't listening to her about how her body was reacting. And it's just like, it is so sad because I'm, I, I'm in politics. Um, and so I've like, I've looked at that a lot. Um, I've kind of like studied that and how, how poorly we treat black women everywhere, but especially in the medical community. Um, 
but yeah and and lastly i want i want to well i have while we're still open i want to really shout out the atlanta dream uh because you know this isn't super widely known at least it wasn't i i should say i didn't know this until recently like they picked uh uh, reverend warnock they you know they thoroughly vetted all of the candidates for the georgia senate race and they decided we're backing warnock 100 percent and like they like he was like and this was like when there was still like 15 or so candidates out there they they went through and they chose him specifically and they specifically the whole wnba but specifically the atlanta dream really chose him and they rocketed him to to becoming the next senator and that's just phenomenal i again i didn't know this until recently and i think that that is something that's just so amazing and not it's and it's even more amazing to consider that one of their owners is still uh kelly loffler so this is going who was who ran for congress who ran for the georgia senate and lost and so just the impact that they had is so incredible to me and like how all the members of the wnba get involved politically and it's just it's it, i'm just like astounded by what all of them have done and especially like you know obviously simone everyone who's been mentioned here I, i'm just in awe of what they you know what they have done in especially in the face of their adversity and i, I just really appreciate this room i appreciate all your voices thank you all thank, thank you for Sorry, just really quick. Thank you for bringing um, Crystal Dunn back up because she literally was thrown under the bus by her teammates. And just as a black or a lighter skinned black woman, I, I, by definition, I benefit from colorism, but she was subjected to literally the worst of it um, within the team. She was not treated the same way a fair skinned woman like Sydney LaRue would have been treated. Like she literally got the short end of the every time. And she wouldn't even do anything wrong per se. You just know how sometimes um, a keeper, like for example, um, Ashley Harris, she won't get to the ball at first. And the first person they would blame was Crystal Dunn, even if it wasn't her fault. Um, And she just never got her flowers. And she was on the team, even though, like you said, she did the damn thing, one of the best players on the team. But again, her race and just her stature, everything, so much of, who she was had to do with why she was getting disrespected um, to the degree that she was. So thank you for um, calling that out and naming what she was subjected to. And and again, like, I I didn't bring this up, but like, I mean, like these, like these days I I watch like almost, I watch as much uh, like women's soccer as I can, especially for the United States, uh, for the country. Um, And like, we, like we're seeing like a lot of like white women continuing to stand for the anthem despite you know them talking about how like but like they have like they have spoken out and said like yeah we've talked to our teammates and I just feel like it's the right thing for me to stand and it's like I just can't imagine being that selfish when you know I know Crystal Dunn has talked about this issue she's talked like with them but also like out with like out in like magazines and it's just it's astounding to me that they you know and I'll name names like Julie Ertz, Kelly O'Hara uh you know they they choose their own perspectives they choose their own like comfort over someone's someone's lived experience and that's just like it it's mind-boggling that you know you would disrespect someone that it like if like i don't think that they would do that if it was megan rapino speaking out if exactly. it was, yeah and that it's just so frustrating to me for her and like but i'm so glad that now she's getting her like she's getting her flowers from 
the national media. I think that she is like now slowly becoming the face of the United States women's team. And I think it's about time. Thank you, Regina. Kai. Thank you for that. Um, we got Blake. I mean, we got Lando. We got main team. I don't want to mess that up. You guys want to chime in right quick before we um, wrap yeah, it up? Right. All right. Um, either one, you guys want to go ahead and say something right quick? Yeah, I just wanted to hop in. Appreciate it, guys. I know you're about to wrap up, man. Um, it's crazy. I was in the shower while y'all were talking. I was like, man, I hope they stay on. I hope they stay on. But, um, yeah, so my aunt, who you see in the PTR, um, that's my aunt, uh, Beverly. Um, see, my family's Jamaican. Um, I was born in uh, England and all that good stuff. And my uh, aunt here um, is a pioneer. And... Uh, her story will be told, so working on that. But uh, she is a pioneer in Jamaican professional sports. Uh, she was scouted in um, she was scouted in uh, the UK, where she moved when she was about twelve years old. She moved or thirteen. She moved to the UK to London with um, you know uh, her um, mother, uh, my grandmother. And uh, so, so in that wind rush, you know, you heard of the wind rush generations and things like that. Like she was a part of that, you know, from England to, to, to uh, Jamaica and back and forth. But anyway, she was scouted there and moved to, uh, uh, to a bunch of clubs in the UK before she had her, her professional opportunity in Germany. Um, and uh, she was a professional. She was doing her thing. Uh, she was a striker for sure. She was a scorer. She was a um, just an amazing um, woman. She was the, actually a pioneer in, in uh, German sports. Um, the first woman ever, not just black woman, the first woman in German sports to be to have the goal goal of the month. So in 1975 or four, it was, is that in July she was the goal of the month, and uh, back then. Obviously, it's not like ESPN where you got highlights upon highlights, but back then they only had like a certain amount, right? And uh, she was the goal of the month. Um, and uh, man or woman, uh, first woman to ever do that. And she uh, was uh, sponsored by Guinness. She was sponsored by um, uh, Puma. And, um, you know, her story will be told. Uh, trust me, she was like the female version of Pele. Um, from her highlights. So if you look up Beverly Ranger, um, Black Pearl, she is a pioneer and her story as again will be told. Um, she, for, for me, in a sport that's kind of dominated back then by white, uh, obviously white people in Europe, back then uh, she was able to dominate the guys and the girls when she became a professional, moving from she played in about six different clubs. Uh, she went she had a short stint in Italy. She hated Italy and then went back. She was only in Italy for one season, played for two clubs, went back to Germany, finished her career. Uh, currently, she is still active. Um, she lives here in Charlotte. I live in Charlotte. She plays tennis all the time. She is a tennis player. Like, she's been playing tennis for over, I'll say, 25 years and, you know, all that good stuff. So she stays active out the, out the limelight. Um, the last World Cup where the Jamaican women was actually in uh, the World Cup. Uh, it was just like the last World Cup. She was invited. She's been invited multiple times 
to like represent things like that, but she likes to stay out the limelight, right? She, she's kind of like in that kind of realm of things. So, uh, but she was supposed to be sent off to Paris, right? For the World Cup, Women's World Cup. But something went like, awry, I guess, with Jamaica or something like that, where she wasn't, she was pretty much going to be an ambassador for Jamaican um, uh, female uh, soccer, uh, the team. And, um, but yeah, her story will be told. Look up Beverly Ranger. You'll see her goal of the month. So you could probably look up Beverly Ranger goal of the month and see her like just straight kill it um, on that goal of the month. And uh, yeah, so like I said, her story will be told. And uh, yeah, that's it. Appreciate that, man. That's dope. Um, dope, man. We definitely, I'm gonna definitely look up your, your um, aunt, man. Definitely want to know more about her. Um, Lando, anybody else? Lando, you want to say something right quick? Yeah, yeah, buddy. I mean, have we have, have we talked about Layla Ali yet? Nah, go ahead and get one off right quick. Man, let's get on. Let's get one off from Layla Ali. You know what I'm saying? OG. You know what I'm saying? A, a child of of Muhammad. Ali, uh, she retired undefeated, if, I don't, if I'm not mistaken, and moved into television, and she's amazing in her own right, but uh, I believe she's also an author, if I'm not mistaken, but, you know, being, being, a, being a pioneer in her right, I mean, just, like, from, I think, an early age, I think 17 or 18, something like that, she, like, won, I think, five, six titles, if I'm not mistaken. I gotta, I gotta look it up just to be on my P's and Q's, one, two, hold on, one, two, three, go. Dang. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Six. I was off. She's a killer. And she uh and she just was whooping everybody ass with twenty one knockouts out of twenty four. So I mean, I don't burn one up for Lil Ali tonight, you know, and just uh keep it pushing for her. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What's the um, what's the young lady? I think she's from Baltimore. That's the boxer that's really good. I can't remember her name. I know um I know Mary McGee from Gary, Indiana. Maybe that's her. I know she's really nice with it, though. And Mary is like nice. <laughs> yeah, they were. Not, they not were. Clarissa Shields. Clarissa Shields from Ohio, right? I'm not sure. Um, I know people were, like, kind of questioning her abilities, and she was like, yo, if you, you think I can't do it, then come see me. But, yeah. But, um, yeah, man. But, um, Say all that, man. You know, there's some other names that we didn't get to. I was just going to run off right quick. Wilma Rudolph, Trike and Phil, um, just what Layla Lee, Dominique Dawes, um, Jackie Joyner Kersey, she's raw, Allison Figlitz, she's still doing it, killing it. Marion Jones, you know, that's track and field and basketball. She never played pro though. Tidy Pickett is a pioneer in track and field. Debbie Thomas, figure skater. Simone Manuel, swimming. I think you guys remember her most recently. And um, I think we did bring up Naomi Osaka and Coco Golf. Um, my little girl loves Coco. Like when she was seeing when Coco played um, Serena, I'm like, "Yo, look at the TV, the Serena wins." And she's like, "Well, who's that?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's Coco. She looks young." And I'm like, "Yeah, she's 16. Oh, she's 16, like my sister. I like her." And now she's a Coco Golf fan. And my little girl's six now. So yeah, man. But um, so it's dope, man. Um, this is an amazing podcast. I think. Every one of you ladies that came on here and shared your stories and and your and talked about the people, the women that influenced you guys and influenced sports in general. Um, like yeah, man, uh, Ivory, you want to say something? Quick, I see your mic went off. I'd like to take the opportunity to say that Victor just said something wrong, and you know that's the highlight of my day to point that out. Marion Jones did play. 
professional basketball for the Tulsa Shock, actually. Oh, okay. I said I wasn't sure, but yeah, go ahead. Whatever. Yeah, I couldn't remember, but I remember because I, I, I remember her playing at North Carolina. She was a friend. Old folks don't remember, so. Um, I... <laughs> Not the old folks. No, I got it. <laughs> just... The memory pills. <laughs> I got a memory pills. I remember everything. But anyway, so as Ivy corrected me, she played for the Tulsa Shock. Um, I yeah, twenty twenty ten. I got the rookie card. That's crazy. Okay, yeah, dope. So, yeah, man. But um, once again, thanks. Thank everybody for coming to the stage and sharing with us. Um, you guys made us an amazing podcast. Um, we'll be coming back soon. Actually, we're recording um, episode three coming up on Tuesday night, eight thirty. All Star Reserve Selection Show. I think it's gonna be stupid because. We already looked into it, and I, man, I don't know, man. Don't we know already started it. arguing. Yeah, it's always an argument. So, yeah, guys, on Tuesday night, this coming Tuesday, 8.30, we're going to be recording episode three. This episode will be out soon as well. So yeah, I appreciate sure. everybody. Go ahead, if, you like to root for, if you like to root for chaos, then um, <laughs> can I plug my yeah. girls' basketball outlet real quick? I'm sorry. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, so I, I and I purposely use the word girls because I, I coach girls basketball, um, and I also run a, a media outlet. It's kind of like slam overtime and one mixtape, but strictly for girls. It's called NJG Hoops, New Jersey Girls Hoops. But I do travel the country and I highlight a lot of people. And I'm giving away a pair of WNBA socks on the 14th. So reach out. All right, man. Joe. Appreciate you. All right, Wes, Wes, Chris, you guys want to say anything to wrap up? Uh, I'm gonna just keep it short and sweet. Thanks for everybody for pulling up with us, uh, ladies. As usual, love you guys. Uh, big hugs and all that good stuff. And uh, peace out. What's going on, black people? This is Mari representing Attack the Rim, and we are sports. I'm here to remind y'all: take care of y'all bodies, take care of y'all chicken, take care of y'all mentals. All right, y'all.